This is the MFG Cast. This is Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And welcome to the MFG Cast podcast. Uh, we've been on a little hiatus. I apologize. Um, I just wanted to speak on that for just a half a second, if you don't mind. Recently, my mom passed. Don't want to bring this down too much, but I just wanted to um, talk about why I wanted to tell you guys that. This podcast would not exist without my mom. Growing up, we liked to play games, and she was a great proponent of that. Um, she wanted, you know, she's always like, you know, let's play Sorry or let's play Monopoly. Hey, you know what? I've decided from now on, I'm not shitting on Monopoly because you know what? If it wasn't for Monopoly, if it wasn't for Sorry, if it wasn't for Life, if it wasn't for all these games that my mom introduced to the family, um, with the help of my dad, of course, this would not exist. So to let you know, um, kind of why, why I do this, it's been a great journey and it's all been because of her and I'm going to dedicate the rest of this podcast to her and also thank you for sharing and it's just it's been such a great journey and to have you listening whether whether this is your first time listening or if you've been listening since the beginning we appreciate everything you do for this podcast so thank you all right uh, let's get into it we are going to be talking about pandemic contagion so we're doing this spotlight on everything pandemic uh, we just did a video for on a uh, pandemic reign of Cthulhu. So if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and take a look at that. I think that is one of our best videos to date. Even though it's the newest, I think it's great. So go and check that out. Um, but before we talk about pandemic <laughs> pandemic contagion, let's talk about what we're now playing. Um, I'll start, actually. I was able to procure a review copy, a uh, playtest copy, if you may, of a game called Stew, designed by Jason Glover. It's part of the Button Shy wallet line. Um, if you know who Jason Glover is, he actually is a part of Grey Gnome Games. Um, so if you don't know who they are, go check them out. He actually just got his Trainmaker game picked up by AEG. So congratulations, Jason, on that. So we were able, uh, I was able to get a review copy of this. Oh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, I was going to note. And one thing that's always good to know uh, for designers is, I mean, he was able to make this after all those Lethal Weapon movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's never too late to make your first board game. That's pretty awesome to know. Yeah, I know. I know. He's too. He was too... Too old for cop work, but he all, but then he went into gaming instead. Good job, Jason. <laughs> this is a Kickstarter that's actually starting on the 21st. So as of this recording, when you hear it, you'll have a couple of days to prepare your money 
to get in on it. It's only 10 bucks. It's a small card game. If you know the button shy wallet line, it's only a few cards, something you can put in your wallet, take to a convention, play it in line or, you know, play it as you're, you know, waiting for the bus or whatever. And on Kickstarter, it's only going to be $10 plus $2 for shipping, which is fairly cheap. And $2 is the U.S. shipping on it. Okay, so what happens in Stew? Basically, you have these, you have uh, six vermin that you set up. Because it says vermin, but it's not really vermin because the vagabond is not a ver vermin. He's a person. I don't know. It like, depends on who you ask life. and whether or not they're vermin there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yep. So basically, they call it the six vermin, even though there's a vagabond there, which I, I don't know if you want to be insensitive about it. You go right ahead, I guess. And you have these ingredients to put in your stew. So basically, you can decide if you want to take your card and you want to cover up a vermin with an ingredient that will take care of that vermin. Or you can put it in the stew. And that comes into play later. So as you're doing this, during your turn, if you have an uh, ingredient card in your hand, you can call stew. Or if one of your opponents just entered their turn, you can call stew. And if you call stew, you look into the stew and if you have 12 or more points, you get two points. If you have 11 or less points, everyone else gets a point. Okay? But there's some cruxes to this. Okay? So depending upon which vermin are uncovered, they will end up eating ingredients. So if you have an uncovered um, vermin, say you have a rabbit, it says the rabbit eats a carrot before it reaches the stew. So what would happen is is that it would go in, the rabbit would eat the carrot if it's in your deck. Otherwise, if it's not, it would stay in your stew, okay? And there's other things that kind of give you uh, more points to get over that hump of 12. So for potatoes, there's three. And for each potato you have, uh, it's worth the points equal to the number of potatoes in the stew. So if you have one, it's one. If you have two, it's two. If you have three, it's three. The gar there's two garlic. If there's one garlic in the stew, it's worth six points. If both garlics in the stew, it's only worth one. And then there's a stone that gives you negative three points. Because who <laughs> wants a stone in their stew? Why would you even yes. have that as an option? <laughs> like, I know, right? That's just poor what planning. I, you know, I told you about the vermin. Well, I'll tell you about the different vermin. There's gopher eats a leek, fox eats chicken, rabbit eats carrots, uh, the raccoon eats potatoes, the boar eats garlic, and then for the Vagabond, he is a vegetarian. So if there's a chicken in the stew, that's minus three if he's uncovered. And then three points if the chicken is not in the stew. So when you're placing your cards, you actually place them face down on either the vermin or in the stew. So you're trying to guess on, you know, let's see. Do I remember? You know, I remember I put a couple of leeks in here, but then, you know, I think it might have been a potato in there and then it's like and then you have to think okay well if if there's one garlic in there i don't want to put the other garlic in there and you can put any of the ingredients cards covering any of the vermin it doesn't matter what card it is but again you have to you have to kind of remember that if one of these vermin are uncovered and you have the stuff in the stew it's going to eat down those points and that's basically how to play stew it's a quick easy game it's one of those at first when I saw it, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out. This seems kind of kind of interesting, you know. But as we played it a few times, I was like, wow, this is actually a really quick and easy game. And it's it the art is amazing. I've if you know 
Grey Gnome games, like his art, Jason Glover does his own art, and it's all very similar, but I just, I like it. I think it's cool. And it's just a very fun little pickup game. I just want to make sure one thing. Um, now, what you were saying with the cards, right? Is it like you draft, or do you just like top deck? And decide oh, my bad. Yes. Yep, yep. You top deck. Everybody just takes a card and then decides what they want to do with it. So you either put it on the top of you of one of the vermin, you put it in the stew, or if when you have it in your hand, then you call stew, and then you you are the one that gets to count to see if you have enough points. So you know, like I said, it's either you call stew when you have a card in your hand, and you can on um, there's an easier and uh, an advanced version on the easy version when you call stew and you have that card in your hand, you can add it to the stew. And then in the advanced, if you call stew with a card in your hand, that card is discarded at the end of the game. So okay, you don't so actually use it in those two. So it's a little bit almost like a set collection of Sushi Go, but you're going in blind hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to you have to trust your brain, but you also have to try to not get fooled by the other player who could be just randomly placing these on whatever, you know. So That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's yeah, it's one of the like for like twelve dollars, I mean I mean you really can't go wrong. It's you know, it's got, let's see, I, I can literally count it on my hand, or count it right now quick. 18 cards. I was gonna say, That's all it is. The, if you can count that on your hand, we need to talk about <laughs> I if know. you're living near nuclear power I know, plants. I know. Hey, <laughs> guess what? We've all we've all talked about how my brain works and how crappy it is. So, yeah, you would be surprised if I did that poorly. So Yeah, I like the, those little, like, wallet games. Like, I got Cunning Falk on a couple of Kickstarters ago. That's, like, a cool little deduction, like, you know, almost like a weird memory variant. like a deduction thing of trying to find these witches. Also, they made Superplex. The, uh, it's, like, another one of the wallet games of wrestling. So and stuff like that. So yeah, th- those little button shy games are usually pretty cool. Yeah, they're really fun. We I, quite a bit ago we did we reviewed the um, Take Your Seats, and that and that was a a pretty fun game. So Take Your Seats, that was the one you were telling me about with like a dinner party, and you had to make sure that like enemies didn't sit next to each other, and certain people wanted to talk to others, and not some people, right? Like it kind yeah, of like, it organizational. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And the art was the art was really cool too. I really enjoyed kind of like the the art with the people too. It was really nice. Yeah, that's a game to not play with anyone that's planning a wedding though, cuz that's what they're going through in real life. They don't want to <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. We can't have Uncle Johnny by Ricky cuz they're always fighting, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you're just like, "Oh, we got to make sure that we don't put her next to him." And they're like, "Right? Right, Brian? That's what I've been telling you for 3 months. You got to listen to it." And you know, you're like, "All right, I'm sorry guys. I'm just going <laughs> to but <laughs> that's awesome but one thing i do love with those bunch games is that you know because like they're so small and everything you can keep them in your glove box you can keep them in your pocket and for your like for your buddies that aren't gamers like those you know the team uh like you know when you get your like buddies together or whatever and you know that descent second edition or cult express might be a little too much if you take out something that's like less than a deck of cards and go hey you want to play a wrestling game hey you want to play a deduction game they, it's not scary you know? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, yeah, because it, it, it makes me think of my family. Because like my my family's getting together, and I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally bring this. It'd be really quick and really easy. It's it's actually two to four players, so you can you can get more than a couple of people going. So it's yeah, and it plays well at two. I think just as well as it would play for three or four. I haven't played the three or four yet, but That's I think awesome. it would yeah, play. That game similar. at three or four must be like, like oh man, I only saw one potato. Am I screwed? Is it in there? You're just constantly yeah. hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially with 18 cards. Yeah, it's really a, really a good guessing game. 
That sounds pretty nice, man. I, I think I might have to look into this one. Yeah, definitely. I might have to check out the wrestling one. I didn't even realize I had a wrestling one. That's awesome. Yeah, and sometimes on the Kickstarters, they also will have like uh, previous games that you can always add on. Nice. So if the shipping is low enough, I mean, you know, sometimes it's fun to get like three or four of those like little games because, again, you never know. Like, plus they always work out well if somebody's like, "Yeah, it's my birthday." You're like, "Oh yeah, here I got you this game." You just how do you want it? Yeah, no kidding. Look, I sleep like in everything. Yeah, it looks like you. It looks like you've had that in your wallet forever. No, I just put it in there because I love you. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I knew your birthday uh, was this month, but I couldn't remember the date, so I just kind of wanted to have it on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, another game we've been playing is we finally got Scott Pilgrim. Uh, we finally got Scott Pilgrim's precious little card game. That game is fun. Uh, it's kind of it's it's still a little confusing with the double sided cards, but I like I like the the fact that you can you know use your buying, but also you have to take a separate turn just to do combat. I like that it has the, uh, uh, when you fight, it's got a kind of like the controller things like the up, down, left, right, be it, you know, I was just like, that's cool as heck. And plus it's Scott Pilgrim. Like, it's funny because I still have not read the comics, which I super want to, but I love the movie so much. And this, this feels like, you know, like the movie, which is adapted from the comics, which is probably the same thing. But, and then of course it's the original art from the actual comic. So you really can't go wrong, and I like playing it. I like playing it with with Logan too because it's something that, even though it seems like it wouldn't be too easy to teach, like he kind of picked it up right away, and it ended up being a fun game to play. So, I, if you like that kind of stuff, I would go for it. I mean, a lot of people kind of crap on the double sidedness and not understanding that and feeling like it's it's weird, but I like it. The other thing, which I didn't even realize too, and I don't know if they've updated the, updated this in their, you know, whatever, uh, however many reprints they've done. But um, when it originally came out, I just I found out that ten of the cards in that game are broken. They do not work in the game, and that really? was like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when it comes to Renegade, I I expect, like I. I when I've played any of their games, I expect not perfection, but I expect a great game without any of that kind of stuff. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, seriously, that is crazy. So is it, is it like they're only broken if they're part of like a three card combo or something? No, or is it just like play the balance of the card, no matter what you do is just out of control. Yeah. It just, I think what it is, is it just, it just doesn't work with the rest of the cards. Okay. Wow, and it, that's a lot though. Ten yeah, cards. ten cards. Yeah, so I, my guess is they probably fixed it since then. But still, just to hear that fact, it was like, holy crap. But anyway, I still think if you if you're interested in it, check it out. I really dig it. So it's, it's like I play this card. Uh, I get five health. I do five damage, and uh, I get to look at the next five cards in my deck. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Ugh. And then we've been playing a crap ton of Charterstone, and I will not spoil it because we'll be talking with Jamie Stegmaier about it, which is awesome. I love that we're going to be talking with Jamie Stegmaier. It just makes me I know. Feel and that game special. is awesome, man. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. If we haven't said that enough, get the game and play it, all right? Don't waffle about it. Just go get it. Like, if you hear me say that, that means it's an automatic buy. So go get it. Okay. Anything else good lately, or um, yeah, the yeah, that's pretty much me. So why don't you go ahead and talk about what you've been playing? 
so I finally got to play the elusive Altiplano, which is uh, still not really readily available in the States. I know that it's supposed to be coming out this quarter, I think, from Renegade, actually. So how were you able um, to get it then? To play because they had the uh the german edition down at the uncommons in uh manhattan which was very very fortunate for me <laughs> so was that all in german <laughs> no they they had the german rules and everything else too uh but there was also english rules and what's great is like the receipt from germany was in the box so i was like sweet <laughs> it's, it's like i know what two of these words mean now because i've been trying to study but basically it's uh so it's made by the same designer as orleans and it does play differently. This one is actually a little more deck buildery, where when you acquire something or use something, it goes into like a discard bin, and you don't refill your bag until uh, you know you're out. I heard like a little bit of criticism, like they're like, oh, they could have, you know, he could have easily made this game a deck builder, but there's like 14 different tokens that you use in the game. I would not want 14 separate stacks of cards. Yeah, that would be like 3,000 cards. You'd be like, oh, geez, what is it ever going to end? Yeah, also a nightmare to sort and everything else. You just pass on <laughs> Yeah, and if you wanted to buy, <laughs> you'd have to, you know, uh, you'd have to buy like $3,000 worth of sleeves, too, if you wanted to sleeve the <laughs> But um, the way that the game works is uh, similar to Orleans, you got, you know, your board set up. But the thing that changes up is now there's actually... Uh, you take like seven tiles, like these big island tiles, and put them around in a circle, and that actually kind of creates a game board state. So on your board, you have those seven districts. Like you have the market, you have the um, the docks, you have the forest and the the mountains. So if you want to do the action in the mining spots on your board, your meeple has to actually go on the mines on the main board. So you will travel around. And it takes food to travel. Like, you can buy wagons that make it easier. Um, you can get food to travel on your own or to, you know, feed your uh, steeds if you acquire more wagons for further travel. There's The other thing in this, too, is um, you're engine building, but you also are storing goods. And then there's a set collection aspect at the end of the game. So there's a little bit of that. It's, like, it's different than Orleans. Like, it's bag building like Orleans, but... It has a different level of pressure. Like there's a little more planning ahead with figuring out movements. The warehouse store, uh, storing becomes a big thing about, okay, do I want to get more rocks and just try to finish out this level for those bonus points? Or do I want to try to get more of the glass because they're worth more points in general at the end and things like that. There's also, you don't have access to everything. Like take for example, you want an alpaca because you can use an alpaca to help make wool. You can't just buy an alpaca. You have to have certain cards or contracts or things for you to be able to get these things. So how you get these things is different. Um, just like Orleans, there's an area where you can get add-on items to your buildings. So you can actually have additional actions for those locations and everything. So very involving, uh, very different. I, I already, after playing it, I went online, I pre-ordered my copy. It is very different than Orleans. It will not be replacing Orleans. Uh, it'll be a perfect companion piece right next to it. Uh, we tried it at two players. It was a delight. Um, like I said, very involving. Uh, pretty high scores too, like compared to Orleans, at least for our first time. Like our first time scoring Orleans, it was like 45 points because we had no idea what we were doing. In this game, we got way higher. It was like 165 to like 142 or wow. something. Yeah, because... 
um, like I said, there's houses and those are points. You can build boats which give you goods and those are points. The houses add to endgame scoring for variable things, so that's even more points. Set collection is points. The other thing uh, that does mess with you in this game compared to Orleans, money is a thing to use to buy goods and services. It is worth nothing at the end of the game. Oh, jeez. Having lots of money, yeah. Like, money gives you, a, like, a, like nothing. It's just there. So, hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, all in all, once that comes stateside, I would love to do a video for this thing once it comes out. I, I'm dying to get this. The other two things that we got to play of late that uh, was pretty fun... Grim Forest came in off a of Kickstarter. You're playing the nephews and nieces of the three little pigs. And uh, the goal of the game is to build three houses. And the way that you do that is there's areas where you collect goods. And everyone plays a card face down at the same time and flips it over to see where they go for which goods. And if you're the only one there, it's all yours. If more than one player goes there, you split equally. Because you're all nice to each other. And there's also... It's all like... Uh, you know, like grim fairy tales and things like that. Very beautiful artwork. Um, there's allies and events that you can play, like cards to screw over other players, allies that can give you bonuses. The game plays super easy. It's like Glass Roads uh, Super Light Edition or Concordia Super Light Edition, like, you know, like simultaneous action selection, simultaneous reveal. There's only brick, straw, and uh, wood. That's it. So it's not like. Re there's no resource conversion or oh I go to the market I sell my brick for five gold then I use my five gold and my bonus action to buy two wood there's none of that it's like I have wood I'm building the foundation for a wood house I built my wood house next you know but it, it looks great on the board the buildings are 3D that you build for the uh, three little pigs um, there's some miniatures in the game that are very large very beautifully detailed they look great I can't wait to see when people start painting these um, like I said, the cards in the game are outrageously beautiful. Some of the most amazing art ever, like the Snow White and Beauty and the Beast cards, uh, look unbelievable. Like, I, whatever artist did this game uh, deserves many awards and praises because it's captivating. On top of that, one of the things that I loved about the Kickstarter, and you know I hate Kickstarter, here's why we backed it. Well, because first of all, Kim saw a Beauty and the Beast card, so I was already voted out on that. But... Uh, they didn't do any Kickstarter exclusives. There's a sleeve for the box that's a Kickstarter exclusive. That's all. Uh, that makes it look like a giant storybook. Instead of Kickstarter exclusives, they had game trays make the insert for their game. So the rack with all the minis is great. Spots for all the cards. The pieces that hold the houses are two removable trays that look like the three tier houses you can make. So... You can put them at both ends of the board so all players can reach them easily. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And something I found out very recently, there's a false bottom of the box. So take all your trays out, take the box and turn it upside down. There's a surprise in there. There's no reason you would ever know that unless somebody told you. This is kind of like, this reminds me of 8-bit Nintendo, how you beat people in Mike Tyson's punch out because I found it out from uh, somebody online on a random quote. No card would ever have you take something out of the bottom of the box. This is not a legacy game. There's no reason for things to be hidden. And there's uh, a present for you under the false bottom of the box, which was super cool. So remember, you, hear, you heard it here first on the MFG cast. And even if you already got your surprise, I said you heard it here first on the MFG cast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'm going to give credit to the artist. The artist, there's two of them. There's Lena Cosette, if I'm saying that right, and David Forrest. Huh. Funny Grim Forrest. He probably did all the first work. Fart. Yeah. Plus, uh, plus one of the other bonuses when every every time me and Kim played the game, I always use my favorite line from one of the bro team uh, pill guys. Like it's like it looks like this game is about to get grim. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. puns galore. Um, and last but not least, I got to finally play Queen uh, Queen Domino. Nice. I know I'm late, <laughs> like by months and months and months and months. Hey, that's okay. I still have not played it. So what's the difference? So, all right. So like King Domino, right? Like, what would you say? Like like a one on the one to five heavy meter yeah it's pretty light right yep um queen domino like gamifies it up a little bit kind of yeah um there's building zones where you can actually now buy buildings from like a little buy thing in the middle uh there's also coins uh the queen uh is in the kingdom and like some of the buildings will give you towers and she likes to be protected by towers so she goes to whoever has the most towers and then she's a bonus crown in one of your territories at the end of the game. So she's like bonus scoring. Um, the buildings give you bonus scoring. Like there are all new ways to score. It's not just crowns on your board anymore. And there's also even like coins to buy things from the market. And you can get knights and the knights help you collect taxes and all these things like that. It's it's a little more involving, a little more going on. I kind of like that. It makes it a little crunchier. I feel like... King Domino I'm very interested in uh, because of the quick simplicity. It has the exact same mechanism of take out four dominoes, put them in a row. You know, whenever you take a domino from the last round, you put in the row of the next one. So it plays the exact same. It just has like new optional additional things. And um, one thing I loved is at the end of the rule book, it notes you can play the royal wedding variant if you own both queen and king domino. And I want to do that. I want to do that back now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. I haven't played... We haven't played King Domino for a bit now. And I'm like, oh, man, I really want to play that. I really like that game so much. And I want to get Queen Domino because that sounds awesome to get a little bit of, a little bit of a crunch into it. Yeah, I would say like it takes her from like a 1 to like a, a 1.5. Like it's you know not heavy, but it's cool that you're making new decisions. One thing that's also adorable is uh, there's like a dragon uh, meeple as well. And you can pay him to torch buildings. I'm like, well, that sounds pretty, you know, that sounds goodly. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, can you commit arson? <laughs> Woof. Hey, like, those were the times. Yeah. I would have loved it if they also had uh, a little meeple where, because, like, once somebody uses a dragon, no one else can use them that round. But I would love it if they had a meeple with, like, a match, and you have to give him, like, three gold. <laughs> where it's like, if somebody takes the dragon, it's the cheaper option, but if you wanted to do it that round, you're not completely iced out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, look, Bobby, nobody's going to buy that statue. Could you do me a favor? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I'm hoping this weekend, because uh, a buddy of mine has King Domino, I want to try that Royal Wedding variant really bad now. I want to see how that goes. Uh, and that's been the bulk of it, man. Uh, outside of that, we've just been uh, getting ready for the upcoming con. Uh, we got Dreamation coming on in Morristown, New Jersey, uh, February 22nd to the 25th, I believe. And uh, we are really, really looking forward to this uh, to this event. It's going to be a lot of good times. Nice. And I want a full report when you come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get into Pandemic, shall we? This time we're going to be looking at talking about something that's not very crunchy and very quick. Um, we're talking about Pandemic Contagion, where instead of being the guys that are curing the diseases, you are the disease. You are going out there. You're going to infect cities. You're going to kill people. That's, you know what's so funny? is like when... 
when, when I first played this or when I played this game, I never like thought of it that way, you know? And then I, <laughs> I was just kind of looking at a couple of things online and stuff like that. And, and one person was like, I can't remember who it was. I, I like, I like seeing what other people think about things and they're like, yeah, you know, don't, you know, don't worry about the fact that you're killing people, possibly kids. I'm like, wow, that's going really dark. It's just a game. <laughs> What, so, so with what you're saying about that, um, you know, if you don't look at it deeply enough, if you just start playing, it's very easy to not know that you're the disease. Yeah, that is kinda. true. That is true. And what, <laughs> one of the guys is like, he's like, oh, competitive pandemic, and we started playing, and then when the first city broke, he's like, oh, we cured it. I'm like, no, no, we're the disease. We just killed everyone. And he goes, they're all dead. <laughs> So yeah, it's easy to overlook that. I love it. I love it. Yep, so basically this game is a small area control hand management game where you are the contagion and you're just trying to take out cities. There's uh, different cities around the board. You use your um, colored cards just like you would in regular pandemic and you use those to infect your cities. You're putting out little little cubes to infect them and stuff like that and there's a little more to it too. You have your own little player board that... Um, has a little set track, but you also have a little petri dish that you have little cubes and you're trying to do certain things like you you can up your incubation rate, which gets you more cards. You can increase the number of disease cubes that you use to spread on these cities and you can actually increase your resistance, which basically is when you have event cards that you play throughout the rounds of the game and it's basically other people trying to cure it and stuff like that. So if you if you have... Uh, certain disease cubes on the different cities um, sometimes they can have help them take them away and you can kind of prevent that with the resistance but then there's you know other aspects of the game yeah so it's like so in in the theme of talking about everything that pandemic spawned without actually doing a look into the original pandemic mm -hmm. um so you know like we noted with pandemic cthulhu like oh this was similar to this this was similar to this Here's what Pandemic Contagion has in common with Pandemic. There's disease cubes. That's all. <laughs> oh, and there's cities. There's cities. That's all. Yeah, and colored um, cards. I mean, yeah. it's kind of this kind of similar, but yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, a inside out version of it, basically. Yeah, we one of the nicknames we gave to this game is Ticket to Infection, <laughs> because. <laughs> So the thing is, uh, like you have like five different color cards and you know, like you need colors to match the cities to be able to get in and infect them, you know, and you can give up two cards of any color to wild card, you know, kind of like that ticket to ride thing, sort of more or less. And, um, so we're like, okay, you know, like, why not? Sure. That sounds good. Um, you get like two actions per turn as opposed to like, you know, four. And it's like your actions, like you were saying, they're like super easy. It's like, uh, do you want to draw cards? No. Do you want to up your? Uh, you want to mutate your disease? No. Well, look, that's all you can do. So it's like <laughs> it's like you're either infecting something, mutating, or drawing. That's it. Like so, it's a very easy decisions. In turn, the game is crazy fast. Yeah. Like twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. Me and Kim did two rounds in thirty-five minutes. Yeah, it does not take long at all. Yeah, and um, and there's also a clock on the game. It is a twelve-round game. So that's it. So twenty-four actions in total becomes quick. Especially when like nine of them are to draw cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it seems like it seems like that is what's happening most of the game because you need your cards to infect the cities, to score your points. 
and to win the game. So it's like, you know, you you could focus on the other things like, you know, advancing, you know, advancing your uh, your uh, how many disease cubes you can have or your resistance. But it's like if you're not drawing cards and infecting cities, you're not going to win this game. Yeah, and it's also like you're using up a lot of cards to mutate your disease. Like, oh, do you want to draw more cards? Well, it's going to cost you three cards to draw more cards. Like, so I got to get rid of cards to draw cards. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, so on a little cheat aside, I would say, like, as a house rule, um, give everyone seven cards to start. Like, you start with a hand of four, which is tight. Seven cards at least gives people one less you have to draw a card action in the beginning like they can actually mutate and do something as opposed to because you tend to find this is another game where the first round is usually incredibly similar between all players yeah like i up my infection i up my draw card my turn's over i will also up my infection if i draw a raid my turn's over it's like ah draw a raid and infection i'm done like it's like Mm -hmm. Everyone's doing the same in the beginning, and so it's you can just my theory is like just skip that, go straight to where people have that and start playing. Yeah, I mean this this is like one of the lower rated uh, pandemic spinoff games, and I mean it's a lot cheaper, it's a lot smaller box. The approach is different, which is cool. I mean like that fact that you are the disease is interesting. The question is whether or not Plague Inc is going to outshine that as time goes on. Because originally, like, hey, like, oh, look, it kind of reminds me of that app game I play on my phone, Play Gink. And then Play Gink made a board game. Now there's another game where you can be the disease. So as to whether or not that novelty will carry this game through or kind of have it fall wayside, um, I have seen this one on clearance a few times with cool stuff. And when it's on clearance, it is like $12. $12, it's good. (laughs) At thirty dollars, I don't know if it's good. Yeah, yeah. I I say if you're if you're around the twenty, maybe less range. I think that's a good a good amount to get it. Um, I actually probably enjoyed this more than you did. It sounds like, but you know, with the with with your argument with the plague and ink argument, I can see that. Um, even even uh. Uh, Mark on our Facebook group talked about that. You know, he said that that's just a way better game, so I'd rather play that instead of this. Um, but yeah, I think if you find it cheap enough, you, yeah, like you said, the twelve dollars. Like it, it, it's funny too because a lot of people say that you know playing this three or three players or up is better than playing it two player. I just played it with me and Mike, and we actually really enjoyed it. So I don't know. Yeah, take that I, take well, that with a grain of salt, I guess. If you you know if if it's something you're not exactly into, but I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, don't get me wrong. One of the biggest things is, like, that speed of play is tremendous. Like, yeah. it's nice that it's, like, mid-weight game where you can play it fast. And again, like, the fact that you only have two actions makes your choices kind of easy. Like I said, my, my biggest gripe is that just, like, so many of them are drawing. You know, like, I, mm-hmm. even if it was, like, at the beginning of the turn, everyone got one card automatically. And then if you wanted more, you can do, you know, just something. Because, again, 12 rounds... If you get 24 actions, I don't want to have eight of them being draw cards. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, I want it to be like four, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if you have it where everybody gets to draw a crown, uh, draw a card each round, if that would break the game or not. Yeah, it's and like, that's the thing. It's like, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the game got extensive playtesting and stuff like that. The, the only other thing that I would have loved is because every player gets 15 cubes, 12 of them are for play, and the other three are to track your stats on your like little disease board. Mm-hmm. I would have loved it if it was a classic Pandemic 25. 
You know, just because you're like, oh man, I'm actually that disease now. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Just for that little crossover, you know, it's like, <laughs> like that would have been neat. Yeah. Like you know, especially if there was like, and if they wanted to add a legacy element, put a white label on the petri dish so you can name your disease. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man, I'm like H2D950. You know. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I like I like the fact too that you know like, you know when you're infecting cities too, like if you don't get if you don't get in on the ground floor right away on that city and you have multiple people on the card, like if, if you're tied, whoever's at the top, cause there's rows, yeah. whoever's at the top gets that. I like that as a little thing. Like if you don't get in, if you, if you don't get in the disease early, you're not going to be the one that gets it, you know? So yeah, it's, it's like hepatitis C goes, Hey guys, I'm sorry. I'm late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I still get something? Yeah. <laughs> I just creeped but, in um, under the crabs. We're all good. <laughs> And and one thing that is pretty cool too is like so you know like these cities like score all different points and you might be like oh well if this city breaks Kirk gets nine points like why would I want to help well like when you make a city fall like when you're the one to put down the cube that makes everyone go away to La La Land forever um, <laughs> so sad all I can think of is all I can think of is the bad man video oh these men are sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, every city gives you, like, a little perk. Like, you might draw more cards or, like, get to do an extra action or something. So they did give a cool incentive as to, well, why should I help you? Oh, that's why I should help you. Okay, I'll get a few points. You know? Like, that's pretty neat. Um, yeah, it's it's something that always seems like, you know, maybe, like, a couple of cards could have came along the way or, like, new cities or something and it just never happened. And, uh, you know, even if there was, like, maybe a couple of create-your-own-cards, you know, or something like that, that would have been, like, fun. But yeah, I mean, um, this is also like an older game, I think. Like, this thing is like, I want to say like five or six years back, I think. I know we had it for a while. No, it is only only about four years old. Oh my god, that's it? <laughs> it is aged like a dog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It did, well, it, I'm guessing people just didn't give it really much of a chance, so... Yeah, I mean, I I remember. See, that's you know what it was too. It was also when it came out, like nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I hear from like a lot of podcasters is like, you know, like oh, if we really don't like a game, we don't discuss it. But it worries me when you never hear a game mentioned ever. You're like, oh my god, does does that mean this sucks? Because if they're not talking about it because they don't like it, or are they not talking about it because they just never played it? Yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's kind of that's why I kind of like you know. Like, even sometimes, like, you know, like, if we say, like, this game blows or something was done or whatever, I'd still rather have that out there than nothing, because at least then you know somebody is talking about this thing. <laughs> As opposed to, like, oh, man, like, they haven't reviewed this. Is it good? Well, they say they don't talk about games they don't like. Oh. <laughs> nice. I guess I should put this back then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, the, the only other thing is, um, when I was telling you, like, you know, a buddy of mine thought we were fighting the diseases yeah. because it's very easy to overlook yeah. that stuff. Because even when I was like, yeah, it's an infection rate. He's like, I thought it was like stopping infection rates. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> um, like being the bad guy, I'm curious if like other games might do it like kind of like the same or a little, you know, better at around the same price margin. Like um, the recently and no longer with us Mayfair games because they are now part of Day North. Um, like, you know, uh, Villainy lets you be the bad guys. And there's a game out there that was like um, something that was, again, overlooked and we should throw a little love to in the future called Ultimate Scheme, 
where uh, you play like evil organizations trying to take over the world and like you know stuff like that. Like there's a couple of games now that let you be like the bad guys. Like even like legendary uh, villain, you know, like legendary where you can be the villains. And um, DC has it too, right? Forever Evil, I think. It's yep, called. correct. So you kind of got like a few games where being the bad guy is the option now. So again, like the novelty of like, oh, where the disease is. Like I don't know if that's gonna have enough hook, you yeah. know, to pull people in, and that could be another thing that made it kind of maybe slip by the side, possibly where it's like, you know. It's like, because there's no board, people might just be like, oh, it's a pandemic without a board. Well, who cares? Yeah. And that's why it slipped through the cracks, maybe. Or, like, it could have even been that it came out at a time where, you know, the scythe of that time was released that month, too, where it's like, yeah, yeah good luck with your sales, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I, I, have, I have a feeling it's just the, it's the being the disease thing. I bet you people were just like, what? No, why? Why would I want to do that? That sounds horrible. You know? Because <laughs> uh, it's like, you know, a lot of people want to be the good guy. They don't want to be the bad guy. Maybe, do you think the failure was that they didn't have zombies or barbarians? In yeah, the probably. Like, do you think... These are these are zombie d- d- diseases. I don't know. Never mind. If they, if they had that. Cthul- if they had a Cthulhu itis where you can become crazy in the game, like you know, yeah, like, there you go. Oh, I put magic tokens in the. No, no, then it was sold like anglers. Yeah, exactly. That I, the th- sad thing is, is, you pick on that, it probably would have been gangbusters for sure. I know what it is, Kurt. They didn't have enough miniatures on their Kickstarter page. That's why that game. <laughs> That's <did>. true. That's <laughs> true. Why didn't they make miniatures of each of the diseases? You could have sold millions. Yeah, exactly. The red ones could have been little crabs. The who knows. Been awesome. Then the yellow ones are bigger crabs. Oh, and then the awesome. <laughs> Just a guy itching his crotch or something. Fun. Yeah, they need the miniatures of the person like with a horrified look. Realizing yeah, yeah. Other people... Exactly. Other people scratching their face so hard they're ripping it uh, off. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like... <laughs> there's one telling a doc. There's one that's a doctor telling someone he needs a special cream. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, man, we got we got to reskin this. Game. <laughs> maybe maybe we can get TMG to deluxify pandemic oh, there you go. contagion <laughs> <laughs> with metal disease cubes. That's right. There we go. Oh jeez. <laughs> That's we funny. have your fix, Z-Man. Yeah, and it, I think it's, and I think this is another game too. That's not, it's not a super big game, so it's another one that you could easily, you know, bring out when you're in line, or you know, or you're just waiting for the next game, you know. So if it, again, if it's something you think is is worth your money, I I suggest why not going for it if it's cheap enough. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it's like I mean, basically, it boils down to like a little bit of engine building, a little bit of set collection, a little bit of area control. Um, nothing too heavy in any of these mm-hmm. and it's good for the game night of two people showed up a little early you know you got like 20 minutes to kill yeah super easy um, to it's super easy to play too and learn yeah and that and again the beauty is since like you're only doing two things and there's really only like five actions it's very easy to show people what you can do you know so but yeah um so like in the pandemic world like rating wise I know it's like on the south side it's something you know in the very least, try to give it a spin. Like, worst case scenario, one of your buddies that's also into the pandemic stuff, next time cool stuff, or, you know, even if uh, you go online, if you see it on the cheap, like, you can just be like, all right, throw in five bucks, we'll pick this up, we'll see how it is, and, uh, you know, you can always make your own judgment. Exactly. Just go to at, go to the MFG Cast page, click on the Amazon link, and shop and find it. 
and buy it. You know what? I, it's, I think we're going to take a quick look right now just to see All how right. much. Let's see how much. This pandemic contagion going for it. It's out, of, it's out of stock everywhere, so they're selling it in Germany for $322. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my God. It's $32.49 on Amazon? Are they out of their mind? Oh, my God. It is. Okay. So maybe you wait <laughs> just a little bit. Um, so, all right, so, again, maybe this is a little harder to find. You know what? This might be the greatest game on earth. If you want to buy my copy, email me. <laughs> find Dan on BoardGameGeek. He'll sell it to you. Offer me a trade. I'm listening. That's right. He'll take your Gloomhaven, and you can give him. <laughs> it'll give you pandemic okay. condition for what it's worth uh, $25.49 on cool stuff there's 15 in stock they probably it's actually at 4 stars uh, out of over 200 ratings in cool stuff so oh. you know what uh, maybe the BGG raters are a little harsher than we uh, than we give them yeah. for well, a six po- that's not a bad well if you think about it too like we talked about this too like a 6.5 is not bad on Board Game Geek and a lot of people will say otherwise like you know uh, Dice Tower with their weird ratings, but like, yeah, and and again, I've talked about this a ton of times. Like the DC deck building game, it's one of my favorite games. A lot of people did not like it; they still don't like it. You know what? It's just it depends upon your taste. True that. All right. So ultimate. So what would we say? Uh, like two thumbs up, thumb and a half up, one thumb. Yeah, up let's this one? let's do one and a half. If we're if we're rating it on the pandemic scale, let's say we take all the games and we put them all together. I've not played all of them. Okay, but I'm just gonna say it's probably at the end, just because it's not exactly as exciting as the other pandemics. But it's not. That's not one of those things where it's like, okay, obviously it's crap. Okay, all all the other pandemics that I've played, which right now is um, only. Pa- <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about this later because we'll be talking about the cure. We just got that, so it'll be fun to play. But all I've paid, all, all I've played so far is the original Pandemic and Legacy Season 1. And those games are just so good that it's going to knock that game to the back. And and my guess was with the other games too, from what I've heard and what Dan's told me and stuff like that, is that all those games are really good too. So, again, it would put that towards the end. So. Sure. Uh, yeah, so... Again, like, uh, I mean, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, there's certain competitions that being last place is still pretty damn nice, you know, so, uh, so being part of the pandemic world, you know, it's, it still has a certain pedigree to it, but, uh, I would say, yeah, I would put it around the same category. I would say if you go to a board game cafe or a meetup group, odds are it's going to be like one of those things you can always say like, Hey, can someone bring this so I can check it out? Or, you know, ask one of the, uh, game library people at a con or a cafe, Give it a spin. Let us know what you think. Let us know if we're being a little too harsh or if you think we're kind of on the money with this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, check us out on our Facebook page and te- check us out on Twitter and let us know. That was Pandemic Contagion by Carrie Grayson. We're going to be taught next episode, we're actually going to be talking about what I just talked about, the aforementioned Pandemic the Cure. Uh, we were able to get it on the cheap, and we're. it's one of those games that <laughs> when it came out, everyone had a lot of hype on it. It's a lot of awesome color dice and it's pandemic. So, I mean, really, how can you go wrong? So we'll talk about that next time. So until next time, I'm Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.